Well, one thing that a healthy church does is a healthy church passes on the faith to the next generation. It passes on. And so I realized that during January, we have a lot of children that are in our service because we don't have a children's ministry. So I promised the kids that I would make our talks for the next three Sundays very kid-friendly. Adults, are you okay with that? All right, because here I'm hoping that if I hit the kids, then maybe you'll understand what I'm saying as well. (laughs) Many of you are going, amen to that. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a series called Drive. We're going to be looking at what drives us, what motivates us, what makes us get out of bed in the morning. And we're going to be looking at various scriptures. But to illustrate this series, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking some Pixar movies. Now, Pixar is a movie company that brings out a movie once every two years. And uh, these movies are very kid-friendly. Kids love these movies. And they really, often they have a very profound lesson. Now, we're going to be using these stories, these movies, to illustrate the point. The main point is still the truth of Scripture because it's what transforms us. But just like Jesus, you know, Jesus was an amazing teacher and he used seeds, he used farmers, he used walls, he used all the things around him to illustrate the truth. I'm going to use some movies, G-rated movies, to illustrate some deep spiritual truth. But before we do, as I said, the main important thing is that it's from the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. If you're a young person here, bring your Bible along to church for these next three weeks. It'd be great to see you bringing your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, say, Mum, Dad, I need a Bible. Get them to buy you a Bible. Open it up to Mark chapter 8. We're going to be reading verses 34 to verses 38 today. So let me read it out for you. Here we go. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Now this morning's message I've entitled, Finding Freedom and Finding Nemo. What movie are we going to be looking at today, kids? Finding Nemo. All right. Who loves Finding Nemo? All right. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie, isn't it? Now, what we're going to be doing is we're going to watch the opening scene of the movie, and I want you to ask yourself this question as you watch the scene. What is driving Marlin? Finding Nemo is a movie about this fish called Marlin, and Marlin loses his son Nemo, And he goes all over the ocean to try and find his son. Eventually he does find him and he learns an important lesson on the way. But as we watch this opening scene, I want you to ask the question, what is driving Marlon? Are you ready, kids? And adults, here we go. All right. You you want to keep on watching, don't you? (laughs) That's the first scene. And what is driving Marlon? You see, when we first meet Marlon, he's full of life. He's full of life. He's met Coral, the the fish of his dreams. He's got the the, the house of his dreams that that has ocean views, even though it's on the edge of the drop-off. 
And he's living life to the max, waiting for his 400 eggs to be hatched. But then Marlon comes face to face with the reality that we often all come face to face with. And that is, while the ocean is a beautiful place, teeming with life, it's also a very dangerous place. And in an instant, your life can change. As we just saw, out of nowhere, a barracuda appears and knocks out Marlon and he wakes up to find that his wife is gone and there's only one little egg left. And he makes this promise, I will never, ever let anything happen to you again. You know, Marlon's story is the same story that many people go through in life. They're living life. And the world that we live in is a beautiful place, but it's also a dangerous place. It's a fallen world, and people sin against us. They hurt us. And then all of a sudden, they turn that hurt and say, make a promise that I'm never, ever going to, you fill in the blank, let that happen again. I'm never going to trust a man again. I'm never going to trust a woman again. I'm never going to risk again. You know, I've even seen this take place in churches. Some people, they have enthusiasm for life and they say, I'm going to serve Jesus in this particular ministry. But then the reality of the fact that even people in church can be nasty and mean and they start serving in church and when they come face to face with that reality, they then think, no, this is not for me. I'm never going to do that again. I'm just going to sit in church. I'm never going to serve again. What they adopt, all, all you kids, I want you to do this, is they adopt... A hold on approach to life. Can all you kids do that? Ready? Hold on. Try that. In fact, all you adults do this as well. Ready? A hold on. A hold on approach to life. I'll, 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 I'll hold on to my life. I'll, I'll save my life. I'll stop bad things from happening to me. I will hold on to my life. And that's what Marlon adopts. That's what's driving him. What's driving him is fear. Fear of bad things happening. What are some of the things that you kids fear? Just call out. What are some of the things that you kids fear? Are there any kids here this morning? The dark. What else? Snakes. Spiders. Anything else? Pastor Timon. Maybe. We could fear many things and we can allow that fear to make us adopt a hold-on approach to life where we try to save our lives. Now, in the story that I just read out in Mark chapter 8, this was the approach that Peter had to life. You see, earlier, in a conversation earlier, Jesus had said to Peter, who do people say that I am? And the disciples had said, well, some say this, some say this, and others say this. And then Jesus asked and said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter responded and said, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one, Jesus. But then Jesus went on to say, it goes on to say in the text, that Jesus went on to say that he was going to go into Jerusalem and he was going to be, he was going to be rejected by the scribes and the Pharisees. He was going to suffer. He was going to die. And then three days later, he was going to rise again. And Peter thought to himself, this is not on. I've got a lot invested in Jesus. I left my father's fishing business to go with Jesus. This is just not on Jesus. I don't want you to go to the cross. I want you to go to a throne. I want you to go and be the king in Jerusalem and kick out the Romans so that I can sit on your right or your left in the kingdom. I don't want you to go to a cross. 
So you know what it says? It says, Peter took Jesus aside and he started to rebuke him. Jesus, you're not following the way I want you to be. It's because Peter had a hold-on view of life. He was trying to save his life. He was trying to protect his life. Now, there is a problem with this hold-on view of life, and I'm going to ask Emma, who's playing my iPhone, to come up and illustrate it with me. This is your cue, Emma. All right, come on. Come on up. You've got to get your kids off screen somehow, don't you? All right, this is my daughter, Emma. And one of the things, like, can you put some light over here, mate? Yep, you got some light so I can be seen in the light. There we go. This is my daughter, Emma, everybody. And one of the things I love to do with my kids, I don't know if you do this with your kids, but I love to wrestle. Do you love to wrestle with your kids? Oh, man, I love to wrestle. And the reason why I like to wrestle is because I like to win. (laughs) And kids are the only ones I can win against. I tried wrestling Michelle Hollis one day, and that was just not on. All right. Okay, now, what I'm going to show you is the full Nelson. Hey, we we do this at home, remember, don't we? This is a wrestling move right here. All right? With the full Nelson, you can control someone and you can walk them anywhere you want. What's that, Emma? You all right there? Ow. Now, you know what the problem with the full Nelson is? The problem with the full Nelson is while you're holding on to someone and while you're controlling them, You can't free yourself. And the second problem is that they're trying to get away and throw you over, like she's trying to do right now. Thank you, Emma. You can go sit down. Let's give Emma a applause. See, the more you try and hold on to life, the more you will find that it is controlling you, that you're not free to live your life. And what happens is the person or thing that you're trying to control, tries to get away from you. Which is exactly what happens in Finding Nemo. As Marlon tries to control Nemo, as he tries and and makes his world a safe place, as he holds on to Nemo, Nemo rebels against him. And in one of the scenes in the movie, he goes out and he touches a boat, even though Marlon tells him not to touch the boat, and he's swept up and taken away by P. Sherman at 33 Wallaby Way in Sydney. And he's placed in a tank in a dentist's office. And Marlon's greatest fear is realised. His son has now been taken away from him, all because he was trying to hold on to life. Jesus put it this way. He looked Peter straight in the eye and he said, Peter, whoever wants to come after me must deny himself, take his, up his cross and follow me. For if you want to save your life, you will end up losing it. You know what he was saying to Peter? Peter, if you want me to go and be on a throne, then I can't go to the cross. And if I can't go to the cross, then there'll be no forgiveness of sins. There'll be no reconciliation with God. There'll be no resurrection of life. You might save your life, but you'll end up losing your life. You see, this is the problem with the hold-on approach to life, is you end up losing life. There might be someone here today who has made that promise that I said. This is for the adults, kids. There might be someone here today who's been hurt in a relationship and they've said, I'm never going to trust a man again. But in saying that, in holding on to that hurt, what happens is you'll never have the joy of marriage. 
Maybe there's someone here today who said, I will never serve in a church again because someone has really hurt me. You'll never have the joy of knowing what it's like to be used by God to touch the lives of other people. You see, the hold-on approach to life just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what is driving you? What is driving you? Are you holding on to life? Are you being driven by your fear of what's going to happen in this life? How do you overcome it? Well, let's watch the next scene. Marlon, he travels off, just to give you a bit of an intro into the next scene, he travels off into the ocean, he meets up with Dory, one of my favourite characters, who tells him about P. Shervin, 33 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Then he meets up with Bruce the Shark. Who here likes Bruce the Shark? Oh yeah, Bruce the Shark, he's an amazing character. Keeps on swimming, keeps on swimming, because that's what Dory says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. It's a good little phrase to remind yourself. Just keep swimming, keep swimming. And then eventually they get swallowed by a whale. And this here is the turning point of the movie. So let's have a look at what happens in the belly of the whale. That's the turning point of the movie. You see, what Finding Nemo does for us is it presents us two ways of going about life. One way is holding on. Marlin is holding on. He's holding on to Nemo. He's holding on to familiarity. He's holding on for his life. And finally, he's holding on to a taste bud in the big tongue of a whale. The other approach to life is to let go. Is to let go. Is to give up control. And this is, in fact, what Mark 8 teaches us. Jesus says, if any person wants to come after me, they must die to themselves. Die to control. Let go. Move to the back of the throat. Take up their cross and follow him. It's very profound finding Nemo. You see, after he lets go, he goes to the back of the throat, he spat out of the top of the whale, he's actually reborn a new fish. He has a new lease on life. From that point on, he's a different fish. He'll jump in, in, a, in a pelican's mouth in order to save his son. When Dory is under threat of being captured up in a, in a trawler's net, he even allows Nemo to go in and to teach the fish to swim down so that they can get out. Everything changes because he lets go. As you approach 2012, kids and those who are children at heart, what's driving you? Hold on or let go? You see, that's the message that I want to bring this morning to you, is that if you hold on to your life out of fear, you'll end up losing your life. But if you let go and give control of your life over to Jesus, take up your cross. And it won't be easy in 2012. It wasn't easy for Peter. Jesus went through suffering, rejection and a cross and Peter would have to go through the same things. He would have to go through suffering, rejection and crosses. In fact, Peter ended up dying on a cross upside down for his faith. But yet, when you let go, and you follow Jesus, you're following the one who went to the cross, who let go and said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. 
and then was resurrected in power. And so you have the promise of new life if you let go and give over the control of your life to Jesus. For what would it profit you to control the whole world but at the end of your life forfeit your soul? And what could you give in exchange for your soul? Nothing. The message that I want to bring to you this morning, I want everyone to do it, is we need not to hold on, but to let go. Ready, everyone, do that. Not to hold on, but to let go. Let go of control. All right, kids. Now we've come to that time in our service where we respond to the Lord in our hearts. And so at the end of our service, what we do here is we come before the Lord every Sunday once we've heard the Word of God preached and we ask the Lord as we finish our service to reveal in our lives, Lord, is there anything that we are holding on to that we need to let go of? So we're going to bow our heads right now. Everyone bow your head. Close your eyes. As you head into 2012, what is it that you fear that you've been trying to control? And the Lord is saying, let go. Accept that things could go bad, but I'm in control. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Follow me. Let go. Give over control to Jesus right now. Lord, we just thank you for this morning of worship. We thank you for a new year. And right now as a church, we let go of control and we hand over our lives to you. We ask that you would use us, that you would guide us. You are our Lord and Saviour and we want to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So kids, over the lunch table today, say to your parents, we've got to let go and give control to Jesus. That was the message for today. Let's stand and worship the Lord as we close.